Welcome to or welcome back to 5050 Films. I'm Autumn. I'm Peter. And we watched 107 movies this year, surpassing our 100 goal by seven extra movies. This episode and the one that will follow it is going to be our end of the year interview where we talk about the best, the worst, um, everything in between of all of those movies that we got to this year. So we're going to get started right away because we have a lot to cover. This episode is going to be Peter's answers to all of our questions. And then the next one will be my answers to all of the same questions. So the very first thing we wanted to talk about were honorable mentions. So movies that were not answers to anything else on the list, but we feel like are still worth mentioning and are movies that we highly recommend that other people watch. So these are our top five? No, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, I, my honorable mention is something I didn't watch with Autumn this year, so I couldn't put it on any of my things, but when I was like doing this little you know, assignment, I was uh, unable to put it there because I didn't watch it together, and that was Bullet Train. Bullet Train's so good. Go watch Bullet Train. It's available on Netflix. Go watch Bullet Train. It's very fun, um, and it's very funny. It was very good. It was just so satisfying to me. But I watched it with my buddy Paul in theaters. I think Autumn was busy doing something. So. No, I just wasn't invited. I feel like you were invited, but I you just didn't want work. to go. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, it's just so good. You need to watch it. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it was it was awesome. I really I really enjoyed it. I would have put it at uh, at comedy. Um, or like action movie like number ones or something like that if I'd been able to but it was just it's like my favorite movie of the year (laughs) and I didn't watch it with you so we couldn't count it and I was very sad okay so we're going to (laughs) kind of start with the worst so that we can get that out of the way so what were your worst five movies out of the 107 that we watched this year um my worst five yes Sorry. Uh, okay. So, uh, the bottom five, and this takes the place... We, we had a worst movie category, but right before we did this, I had messed something up, so I had to fix my list. And I went, hey, Autumn, we should just do a, top, like a bottom five, because there are so many movies that deserve to be roasted that we watched this year. Um, my worst movie, and I think it's, it, might, it might still be shared with Autumn, is Don't Look Up. It was just so bad. It was so bad. Um, I just, I, and and we talked about this during our mid-year review, um, and we kind of gave our reasoning for it. Uh, it's a lot to do with how tone deaf it feels, even though it's trying to be like, you know, activism (laughs) oriented. It's not, it just, it, it just seemed to blunt and like, and like featureless. My second least favorite movie that I watched this year, because it was ass, was Purple Hearts. That movie was terrible. Peter, that is our most popular episode it of sucked. the podcast. That's that's why it's popular because they wanted to hear me shit on it for ten minutes or whatever I did. I don't think I so. hated that movie. <laughs> it was truly awful. Um, it that that speaking of soulless, it was that was just a soulless cash grab of what it felt like. It was trying to hit like too many like you know weird like the people who like fake country music and the people who pretend to support our military and the people who um 
it, it, it's bad. It, it, it just, it just, it felt so fake and so lifeless. Uh, my third um, least favorite was Dear Evan Hansen. Um, I didn't rate it as that bad, I don't think. Maybe I did on our on our ratings list. I think we both um, had it as entertaining, but I also... Did we? I don't think I did. I think we did, and I was shocked by it because I feel also more negative about it now. Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, it just, like, what's your, what's the actress's name? Caitlin Deaver. Caitlin De- yeah, Caitlin Deaver, yeah, she, she's fine, but, like, I was, like, uh, one person's performance can't carry a whole movie, and I don't like musicals anyway, like, I, it, it takes a little bit for a musical to actually be something I enjoy, enjoy, you know, even if I, like, don't hate it, you know, it's, like, and it just, this one, I, apparently the songs are supposed to be good, but, like, I just, the, the, the tropes and the plot of the movie were just so, and I, I assume the actual musical were just so you know, repulsive to me that I just hated it. Um, number four was Good on Paper. I think that's the movie where Eliza Schlesinger, like, kidnaps a man at the end, and he's, like, lying to her and catfishing her the entire time. I didn't like it. It wasn't good. And that's all I have to say. Because um, I don't remember most of it. it, it that was the one that, in our mid-year, I read it and didn't remember what the movie was. I couldn't remember it all. And then my number five lowest movie was Where the Wild Things Are. I just didn't enjoy it. it I think we rated it boring, both of us, or I rated it boring at least or something. Um, and I just, it, I didn't have a good time. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, we can talk about all the good stuff that we have to talk about. Yes. Um, so let's get to your top five movies of the year. So I'm going to ask you to say these in reverse order, so ending with your best movie of the year. So my fifth favorite movie of the year was Django Unchained. Um, it was very good. I had previously watched, like, the first, I don't know, hour of it with my friends, and then it, I spent, like, years away from it because we just didn't have time to finish it at the time. Um, so I consider that to be a movie I watched this year considering I, you know, had only ever seen an hour of it before. Um... And yeah, I, uh, I I really liked it. I sh- yeah, I guess I should preface. I won't be putting anything I've re- like is a, that is a rewatch for me in this. I just I don't like to count them in the main total because it feels like I'm just counting the new stuff I've seen. Um, but I wouldn't consider this a rewatch considering I haven't seen the whole whole movie. Um, yeah, it was really good. Tarantino it was a great Tarantino film, and I love I love the depictions of like you know old westy like end of slavery kind of stuff, and it was it was pretty cool. Number four? Number four, we ha- I have RRR on the list. RRR, excellent. Is I guess it's a Bollywood movie, technically. It's... <laughs> RRR is every type of movie. Yeah, it was Tulu- <laughs> it's, wasn't it originally in Telugu or something? It wasn't uh-huh. like in Hindu, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched, of course, the, uh, the sub of it. Uh, it was excellent. It was very good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think everyone should watch it. It's, it's long, but it's a really fun action movie, and it's just, it's just too good, honestly. Yeah, we watched it in two sittings. Actually. And I keep thinking about the songs, because they, they have songs in Bollywood movies, but, like, not in, like, not, like, a musical way, but, like, in a, like, they're, like, set pieces themselves, almost, Yeah, you know? they feel very natural. Yeah. My third best movie of the year was Pirate Radio. 
I really liked Pirate Radio. I gave it an outstanding, and it was because it was an outstanding and had the right to be on this top five. Um, I think personally, and I know Autumn liked it but didn't love it, if I remember correctly. Um, I think it was the. I also would have put this as our best comedy of the year, and we'll talk about that once we get into our best of categories. Um, but I, I just it was so British and so charming and so like feel good throughout and like kind of triumphant towards the end and I just really enjoyed it and there wasn't like very many low points it was just kind of like you know generally funny throughout I joked about this in the episode for it but in all seriousness I do feel like that movie was just like made to be a success for you like there's just so many things and tropes and there's just so much going on in that that you love and I feel like that was like a Peter movie. Yeah. Uh, my second movie, uh, Drive My Car, has been ousted from my number one spot, um, but it's now number two. It was very good. Super atmospheric, super aesthetic, just depictions of, like, semi-rural Japan, you know, and having these, like, uh, with theater... It's just... There were so many levels to it that were so fun and so good to just watch. I don't know what you're That sort of made me feel now. good the whole way through it. And my number one is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Wow. I really like that movie. And it may just be recency bias, to be fair. I we know, just watched so the movie hard. like two weeks ago. And I was trying really hard to not just put our most... Because we, we ended the year off with like three or four outstanding films... Um, so it's been, it was very hard to, like, not just go, oh, well, we just watched this, this was awesome, you know, and, like, mess up everything, but I truly, like, I wish I would have seen this in theaters, like, it would have been really, really awesome to see it in theaters, and I actually, if we, I don't know, it depends on how long, how far away it is, but when, if this gets a nominated for Oscars and it gets re-released in theaters, I might want to go actually see it on the screen, because that would be really cool. Um, I, this was a great movie. It was so good. Um, it had so many cool messages, um, and it was just like that kind of, qu- kind of cool sci-fi that I really enjoyed. All right. So now we're going to get into best in different genres. The way we have this set up, because I realized while I was doing mine that it was basically just repeating my top ten, um... We, you were looking at the time. I thought we weren't recording or something. It scared me for a second. I thought about saying we're not recording and seeing how you'd react, but I thought that would be mean. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so if, if a movie from the top five, obviously it would hit best of genre. Yes, of course. Um, so we've given alternates as well, Mm -hmm. um, just so that we can talk about more of the movies that we loved this year. So we're going to go through a couple genres and see which were Peter's favorites. You didn't have any family movies on your on your top five, so what was your favorite family movie? The Princess the Bride was my favorite family movie. I don't know if there was any other family movies in my outstanding, to be honest. Um, it was, you know, it was it's super fun. Andre the Giant as the actual human giant. Um, it, it, I just, I really liked it. I just read the book. We watched the movie. It was, like, perfect... And I thought it was great. Are you glad I made you read the book? Before? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It makes it more fun. Yeah. That movie is a classic for a reason. Um, what was your best action movie? So you? I had RRR in this slot before I had to re- fix my list. Um, but I think my best action movie 
Um, otherwise, other than RR was total recall for me. I really liked that. I had again seen little bits and pieces of it, like on cable TV at my grandparents' house when I was a kid. Um, and I just, I really enjoyed it. It was super fun. Uh, it's just a classic young Schwarzenegger movie, you know? And he's just, like, blasting stuff, perfectly hitting people in the middle of the forehead every time he shoots at someone, you know, that kind of thing. It, it was it was wacky, and it was fun, and I really liked it. And I liked the sci-fi aspect of it, too, but I think it fit more in the uh, action category for me. All right, so what about sci-fi? <clears throat> so originally I did have everything everywhere all at once at the top here, because it is a sci-fi movie. Um... But I'm actually going to share sci-fi because outside of, you know, Total Recall and, like, Dune, and I guess Looper would have fit there, too. And I did give Looper an outstanding, but I just didn't quite... I mean, it was, it was good. Maybe I should have put it in this slot as, like, one... This slot has some honorable mentions for me because I think I'm really kind of the only person who picked sci-fi this year a little bit. Like, you don't pick a lot of sci-fi. Even if you did pick some sci-fi this year, like, I'm the one who picks most of it. So I and I think I don't I try deliberately not to pick bad sci-fi because I know that I want you to enjoy it too. Um, so like so much of the sci-fi we watched this year, I was like, oh, that oh that mm, <laughs> you know. Um, so the the two sci-fi I have in here, I guess the one that should be a little higher is Weathering with You. Um, it's an anime movie we watched about um, this like concept of this endless rain. Um, I think in, just in Tokyo, but maybe mm-hmm. around the world. I don't remember. I think or just like in, in Japan. Tokyo. Uh, which was really cool. Um, it's like this little like slice of life vignette about this this event and these people and this girl becomes the sunshine maiden who like can make it not rain for people's events and stuff. And the second one I had in there was John dies at the end. I know you didn't like this movie, but I wanted to make sure you watched it because you read the book and you didn't like the book, and I was wondering if it would be different when you saw it in film. Um, that I saw the movie first. I didn't, and then I read the book after, um, and I still really enjoy the film. I think it's it's great. Obviously, the book has so much more to offer, but I don't think it's a bad adaptation at all. Um, kind of like how the Harry Potter movies are like pretty solid adaptations of the books. You know, they just omit a bunch of stuff that doesn't really fit for the screen. Yeah. Um, but they you still get like the full story, and you feel good about it, even if you read both. Um, but yeah, I I think that John Dies at the End is really fun. Um, and I wanted to mention it in Best Sci-Fi because it's like a really cool like sci-fi horror story. Okay. What was your favorite romance we watched? Um, for this one, I have two options on here and neither of them were in my top five. I had Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. This one has that stamp of maybe recency bias because we, it was literally the last movie we watched of the year. Um, but I really liked it. I thought it was a really cool romance story, sort of sort of shown as like the unraveling of a relationship in his brain which was really cool and like you see all the ups and downs which was neat um and then the other one i have was ticket to paradise i just thought it was fun that one was actually kind of funny too and i could have probably put it as a comedy category um because there were some like it was a Mm -hmm. good rom-com i actually appreciated i liked clooney and uh julia roberts Roberts together like they were solid julia roberts still like she's like 30 yeah (laughs) They do have very good chemistry together on screen. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, romantically, yes, that was important too. But also just the way they played off of each other yeah. was good. They're they're great act- actors, like excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about drama? Drama. I had for the first drive my car, but since yeah. it was in my top five, I couldn't use it. Um, I think the best drama that I watched this year was The Master, and I know you really didn't like The Master. You, I think you gave it a boring. Um, but I did. 
like it, as a drama it is very complete like Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman have like a really interesting and like tortured dynamic together um which was super like fun to watch um and yeah I, I I understand why it got Oscar nominations and was like critically acclaimed movie like it was very good okay last category comedy originally I had pirate radio of course because it is I think it is my favorite comedy we watched this year um, but I put Violent Night on there again. <laughs> maybe a little recency bias, but and it's like an a, it's an action comedy, right? Like a like a hardcore murder action comedy. But like I just thought it was really fun watching David Harbour be like angry Viking Santa was just super super entertaining. I almost almost put him as one of my top performances. I did, oh, not, did, you really? I did not end up. Doing I thought about him as well when I was doing performances. Um, okay, so what was your favorite movie? that came out in 2022 that we watched. So this is when I, I wrote bullet train in quotes, or in uh, parentheses, oh and if gosh. I was able to use it, I would have, because it was excellent. Um, but I think this one is a, that is actual, if we're going within the constraints of our project, the it's a toss-up between Everything Everywhere All at Once and RRR. Um, I think both, both of those are 2022 movies, and both of them were excellent films that I you know really enjoyed. They thought they were great. Okay. Um, movie you're glad you finally got to this year? Um, Leon the Professional. I'm glad I finally made us watch it, even though I ended up not getting it while it was on Amazon. We had, like, spent, like, $3 to watch it. But, like, I still really liked it. Um, it wasn't, like, the best action we've ever seen. And, god damn it, I keep seeing YouTube short videos that are deleted scenes from that movie that would have made it a better film if they had left the scenes in. Really? They are, they are more scenes of her learning how to become an assassin. Like... In, in like I, they're just so good if they would have cut out that like weird her having a crush on him and like made it more like him training her yeah i feel like the whole yeah the whole yeah movie would i have think been we there. got screwed because i think the i think the director's cut of that movie which is an extended edition um actually contains those short scenes that i've seen and i'm like this is he's actually he's taking her on like hits and it's, like, fun to watch because he's, like, teaching her, like, how to shoot a guy with a pistol at close range or whatever. And then, like, or, you know, it, it like, sets up the whole grenade thing he does at the end of the movie. I saw one of the scenes, they did the ring trick, and he's holding the ring in his hand after, like, you know, the pin from the grenade. I'm like, where, where was this when we needed it? What the <laughs> hell? Uh, frustrating. Okay. What was the most disappointing movie Elvis. this year? Elvis was, was just so sad. Because it had the potential to be really good. I agree. And I think they just, like, botched it. I re- And I really hope it doesn't end up on any Beck's Best Picture lists. Because it just wasn't that good. The the If it ends up in Best Soundtrack, I'll be furious. Because it was absolutely bad. Like, they could have just used Elvis music, and they didn't. There was, like, hip-hop in there. Remember that? Like, it was, like, yeah. the 1930s, and he's, like, they're, like bopping a hip-hop, which was ridiculous. Yeah, that movie just kind of was having an identity crisis, I think. It was, it was awful. That's a good answer. Um, what was the most surprising? This one was Pirate Radio. I just kind of grabbed some stuff that I thought would be funny. It said it was made by one of the executive producers of Love Actually, I think, on it. And I was like, oh, that's fun. That's, I liked Love Actually. That was a good movie. Um, and I, my mom picked it out of a couple movies, some of them that I thought would be more entertaining. But I ended up really loving it. So, yeah, I'd say that's the most surprising. That's a good answer. Okay, what was your best movie theater experience? 
So I'm going to go a little off book. This is a movie that we both watched together, but the movie theater experience that I had where I enjoyed it the most was not with you. Um, we watched Thor Love and Thunder together in theaters, and then like a week later, my or two weeks later, my buddy Paul goes, hey, do you want to come see Thor Love and Thunder with me? And I was like, I already saw it, and I can't afford a ticket. And he's like, I'll pay for your ticket. I just want, I just want to see somebody with me. Um, and we went, and uh, we were the only two people in the theater. And that's always the best. And it, and it happens so rarely around here because we live in a big city. So there's always time for people to be, like, there's always people that will be, like, at the theater, you know? Yeah. But it was just the two of us in a, in a larger format theater room. And that's always the most fun because you can pretend like you're watching it at home and, like, you can comment and stuff on it while it's going, you know? And it's, yeah, that was, that was funny. If I had to pick one that we were both in together, um, I actually would put Violent Night because it was my birthday. And I just had a really good, it was a really good day. And we kind of balled out and bought popcorn and, like, drinks and stuff before the movie. We had hot pretzels. Yeah, you had hot pretzels, and I had some of them, too, like the little everything bagel pretzels. And I thought that was really fun. So if, if we're going, if we're talking stuff that I was with you in the theater with, it was it was my birthday. Wow, that was really nice. I'm blushing. Um, which was best visually? Um, I think Dune had the best visuals for me. It had some really impressive, like large-scale VFX scenes. Um, the scene with the Shihalud, uh, the sandworm, like, eating that mm, yes. uh, spice rig, which w- was really cool, really tense, you know? Um, and then, like, the the Harkonnen attack, where it's like, destroys everything and all the ships and stuff, was also really impressive. All right, now we're getting into performances, which we kind of alluded to earlier. So what are your top five performances so doing five was a lot um do you want me to go <laughs> from five to one or i don't think i put these in any particular yeah, mine order aren't actually order. um i i stuck with javier bardem uh in uh being the ricardos i think he was an excellent desi arnaz um and i think that i or i don't think they could have cast him better i honestly. think he was robbed of an oscar yeah the longer i sit with it the more yeah, i'm like he, really he deserved best it. actor it was, it was excellent <laughs> Um, my, the other, the next one I'm on the list is Philip Seymour Hoffman in Pirate Radio. Um, actually, by the end of this, we could have done multiple actors that had, like, I don't know, four or five performances this year. I know, when you said Philip Seymour Hoffman, I thought of, like, five movies. Yeah, right. Um, I thought he was excellent in Pirate Radio. He was really fun being the Count, like, the cool guy, you know, and he's got that gravelly voice that works really well for it. And I could have put him in, like, you know, The Master or something, too, because he's in all these movies. Capote, we watched... Yep. Oh my god, Capote the... was so wild. We did them back to back and he's playing totally different people in both of them. Like the voice was so much different too. Uh he's he was an excellent we he was he died far too soon. Like it yeah. was, it's such a shame that he passed away because my god, he was a good actor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah, he was awesome in Pirate Radio. Uh I have this is a joint performance for number three. We have Jackie Chan and uh, Chris Tucker in Rush Hour 2, specifically. Rush Hour 1 is also very fun, but in 2, they, like, hit a stride already, you know? They, yeah, they're they already like, friends. Yeah, they're, like, friends. They're, at that point, in real-life friends and, like, yeah. just... but also their characters are Hanging friends. out and chilling with each other. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was... That was... It was just, that was such a satisfying movie to watch. And I actually was able to put that on because I don't think I've seen Rush Hour 2 before. I've seen the first one, and I've seen the third one. But I don't know if I had actually seen the, th- the second one. <clears throat> um, 
My fourth best performance was uh, Daniel Craig in Glass Onion. This is possibly recency bias because um, I was trying to think of more performances that really stuck out to me. I just love him as Benoit Blanc. And it's so funny because he's James Bond and he's a British as hell, you know, guy. But, like, yeah, it's it was just so cool to see him be, like, the <laughs> southern-sounding, like, cowboy. Uh, such a cool character and such a perfect actor to put in the spot. And then my fifth one is Kehoi Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once. He's so good. I love that guy. So I read up when I, and apparently his story was he was a successful child actor. He's short round in the Indiana Jones Temple of Doom movie. And he's um, Gadget or Gizmo? I think it's Gizmo in the Goonies. Okay. Right? So like the, the kid with all the, you know, gadgets and stuff. Um, and then he was having trouble finding work. Um, in Hollywood as an like just a, as like an Asian child actor and then like a Asian young adult actor at that time so he quit he stopped acting wow. for a bunch of time and this is his like return to film is like everything ever what wanted. a he way to come so back oh good and like I was just kind of reading up on some stuff and like it was like an, a whole article I kind of deep dived talking about um Waymond Wang as a as a like a pot, a, like a, an icon of positive masculinity in film, which I thought was really cool, yeah. and it made a lot of sense. And I was like, "Oh, this is really awesome!" And I really appreciated him as in that movie, and I think he really made the film because, like, Michelle Yeoh is is a great actress, mm-hmm. um, but like it, he she needed the foil of him being kind of lighthearted, but also, and like yeah. we learn how it's not just him being goofy; it's him doing it so that you know it's like his way to move forward in the world is to be nice to people. Um, which was just like such a positive message. Um, apparently, the uh, the Daniels, you know, the directors of the movie, um, had deliberately wanted him to be the sort of trope of like the beta male becoming a hero towards the end, but they wanted to do it in the like in the not in the fashion of we gave him superpowers, but in the fashion of he's like uh, like we 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 find out that he's actually just been like a hero all along, yeah. sort of thing, oh, just in, in how he in how he acts. And so, and it's it's our development of seeing him as a as a character that is what changes our perspective, and not just something else changing him. I thought it was he was excellent, honestly. Oh, that was such a good answer. We have to rewatch that. It was so good. We'll see it in theaters if it gets nominated for something good. All right. What were your top three scenes? Um, I have these are not in any order. I have the the um, the RRR bridge scene, the oh, first like yes. big action set piece where they like swing around the bridge and like yes. the clasping of him. It's so crazy and so good and so over the top and just so fun. Um, and then uh, my second one is the ending of the master for me. It's just a very intense like. I just, like, you just feel so much in that, like, it just him sort of talk like, Phil Seymour Hoffman's character and, and, uh, Joaquin Phoenix just, like, talking to each other and Phil Seymour Hoffman telling him that if he leaves now, like, and, that in the next life they'll be mortal enemies kind of thing, which is, like, kind of chilling and, like, but not in, like, a scary way, but just, like, in, like, a finality of, of a relationship sort of way it was really good. Um, and then... Three is the KKK scene in Django, where all those stupid bastards show up with their hoods on to like kill Django and uh, 
Christoph Waltz's character and every everything from them like showing up and arguing amongst each other to the guy spitting out of the eye hole of his sack to like them like raiding and then Christoph Waltz going Auf Wiedersehen and shooting the explosives in the tooth cart and just killing most of them is just such a such an excellent action comedy set piece in a in an otherwise relatively seriously toned movie. You know, I mean, there's a lot of comedy throughout that movie, but that's just one of the, like, funniest parts to me. And it's just so well, like, timed out and done. And I loved it. Ugh. Okay. So, in our mid-year interviews, we talked about movies that we wanted to get to by the end of the year. This next section, we're going to talk about the ones we did not watch and why we didn't get to them. So, um... Honestly, I think in that section we only watched like one or two of the movies that I even talked about. Um, I think it was one. And it was I one. I think it was Johnny Mnemonic, which we watched the next week. Yeah, literally the next <laughs> week, and I didn't watch any other ones, so I can't really even talk to speak to them. I think mostly, um, I think TCM the TCM lineup on HBO had like changed, and I wasn't able to see some of the like classics that I wanted to watch, like *The Church of Sierra Madre* and the other ones. Yeah, I remember you looked for Sierra Madre yeah. specifically, and that's how we ended up watching uh, Pancho Villa. Yeah, because they, Sierra Madre wasn't there. Um, and yeah, so I, I I, just kind of... not. I just couldn't find most of them, to be honest. Um, so I sort of filled this out with five movies I regret not watching this year that I had talked about watching this year. Okay. Um, two of which are on my... were on my... New Year's resolutions, which will carry over to the next year of New Year's resolutions. Um, one of them is Saving Private Ryan. Still haven't seen the movie. I'm 27. Um, uh, Heat. Still haven't seen the movie. I own it <laughs> on Blu-ray. I think uh, it's just and it's supposed to be so good. And I just it's like uh, Autumn's book book podcast has this concept of mashed potato books, oh, where yeah. it's like. You know it's, it's good. It's not my but podcast. As, it's yeah, this other book, this podcast she listens to, which she talked about in the media break, I think, epi- wrap up media break. Matt, was it? It's anything but oh, films. Oh yeah, any was... but anything but films. Yeah, um, and uh, it's a where potato where it's movie. like you know it's gonna be good, but you let it sit too long, and then it gets cold and clumpy, and you just don't want to read it. Or you just... <laughs> so like that's kind of a mashed potato movie for me. Like I know I want I know it's gonna be good, but it's like three and a half hours long, and I just don't want to. Like, get us into that until... There's going to be one day where I'm just like, you know what, we're doing it, and I'm going to watch it, but it's going to take a little bit. And the other three, one of them is Moon. Talked about it a couple times. Want to see it. It's Sam Rockwell is the main main actor, and I really want to watch it. But I just... I think the, the couple times that I was about to watch it, it, like, was dropped off streaming service, and I didn't want to pay for it. Um, being John Malkovich, same story as to why we didn't watch it, but I really want to see it next year. Uh, or, well, I'm sorry, we're not in that category yet, but I regret not watching it this year because I did talk about it a couple times. Uh, and I, we didn't watch Rush Hour 3, and I'm bummed because we watched the other two and we could have made it a full set this year, and we didn't. But, oh well, we'll watch it next year, probably pretty early on, whenever we need a fun, like, you know, movie that makes a feel-good, a feel-good yeah. comedy, you know. Yeah. All right, so we're going to end this up by talking about the movies that you want to watch in 2023 to set ourselves up to have to explain ourselves yeah. later on. <laughs> so there is a little bit of overlap in that Heat is one of them, Being John Malkovich is one of them, and Rush Hour 3 is one of them. Um, and I know we'll get to Rush Hour 3. Uh, Being John Malkovich is, you know, it will happen eventually. It's going to be a weird movie, and I'm kind of excited and kind of scared. 
Um, the other two that I added on here that weren't in my regret not seeing are... Oh, actually there's three. I, I added another one to the side of the page. I just had to turn the entire book to look at it. Um, the Raid, it's another action crime movie. I really want to see it. I've heard it's like wall-to-wall -wall action constantly. Um, and then the other one is White Noise, a movie that just came out on Netflix starring Adam Driver um, and Greta something or other. I can't remember her last name. Um, and it's it's like this depiction of an American family um, that's like fleeing, that has to like evacuate their hometown because this, this like uh, uh, train wreck happens and there's like noxious gas is about to like come through the town. Um, but it looks very weird. And I'm kind of excited for it uh, because of that. It's the same uh, director that did Marriage Story. Okay. I want to watch that? it. You want to watch it? I do. It's supposed to be very sad, though. Yeah, it's so the I never implosion of a family is yeah. what it is. Like, so I it's never picked it. Divorce Story is what it should be called, kind <laughs> of. Um, and then I have written on here on the side the Wolverine movies. So I want to continue our, our uh, X-Men uh, watch. And kind of get further into that. Like, we finished all of the good parts of Star Wars this year. Um, well, maybe not all the good parts, but, like, like the classic parts. Like, classic Star Wars, the original trilogy, and then the, the, prequels. Or the prequels, which were yeah. also really good. The sequels we're not we're probably not going to watch unless you pick them. We had already watched them, all the sequels watched, together yeah, anyway. Yeah, so. they're just not... They're not... They don't compare. Yeah, it's not I don't the think. same. To even, the, even the prequels, which people shit on because they're kind of... They're really campy. Yeah. But, like, uh, yeah, I mean... I just, I can't see us watching those. We might end up watching Rogue One at some point, because it's actually a really good movie. Um, and then, I like Solo. I don't know if you saw Solo. I have not seen Solo, and Michaela says that I need to. Yeah, it's fun. So we'll probably watch that at some point, too. Um, but, yeah, I want to watch the Wolverine movies, because they are not the best. Um, especially the first, actually, the first one's really bad. The second one's okay, and then the third one's excellent. Um, so we gotta, we gotta watch through those. The first one's bad, but it's also kind of like goofy fun bad, you know? It's, it's, it's an X-Men movie. It can't be that bad, right? There's at least going to be some superhero action, you know? But yeah, that's that's kind of where that's at. Um, but we need to watch those because I, I want to. And I'll pick them at some point. All, All right. right. I think that's everything. That wraps up your thoughts on our 2022 movie. So we're okay. going to end this podcast, um, take a little break, and then Peter will interview me and we'll... We'll get to see I'll how get to our sit in your chair. Um, no, you don't get to sit in my chair. <laughs>